0: Well, uh, we've been doing this podcast for under a year, and we are already watching our third movie starring Eric Roberts.
1: Tis the season for Eric Roberts.
0: Every season, uh, tis the season for Eric Roberts. Tis, tis the hunting season. The hunting perhaps. season. We're watching hunting season today.
1: We did send a, a, a Zoom link to, to Eric Roberts, so if he, he may join us. Um, uh, he may, but probably, probably not.
0: not. Probably, don't probably get your not. hopes
1: up, Eric. Probably, he's a busy but, man. But he's in everything.
0: I, I mean, you never know. He's in
1: everything. You know, he might
0: show up today. He might show up. He might show it's up like, like Santa Claus. He might show up. Let's,
1: let's say it's about a
0: seven in ten chance. <laughs> Uh, guess you gotta stay tuned and find out today <laughs> on Banquet at the Flum Dumpster.
1: <laughs>
0: how drab, how dull critique can be. It's begging and pleading for apathy. The good, the bad, the in between, and nothing is everyone's cup of tea. No time to waste, there's things to do. Jared and Eric are happy too. They'll suffer the worst of films for you. So enter the strangest of banquet rooms. So a thing that happens when you have a major research interest in bad cinema is that you get a lot of recommendations. And the movie that we're watching today is a gift. Yes. Uh, A gift... A gift from my younger brother, uh, who, as far as I know, has yet to listen to a single episode of this podcast. Um,
1: Even when we're releasing this in 2022. (laughs) Probably still true. Because in his words, uh, you're just doing a podcast about bad movies. There are hundreds of this you're not doing anything innovative. <laughs> I think that was the thing that he said to me, yeah. yeah. Um, but the movie that we're watching today, I, I think
0: I received as a Christmas gift uh, the same year that HMV went out of business.
1: Um, hmm. I think HMV, for the benefit of those who don't know what it was, uh, was a um, video and music uh, store that also started desperately selling pop toys <laughs> as a tr- way to try to sustain their business model. It did not work. Um, I think it's still active in the UK. Oh, okay. I think it. I think it's... So our UK listeners, HMV is closed in Canada. I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you about this. Um, it may be coming to you next. But
0: this is like... This is like he went to HMV on one of HMV's final days and found this presumably in a bargain bin somewhere Um, oh
1: the whole store became a bargain bin that was a glorious few days of just them basically saying it will be cheaper for us to give this to you than to take it wherever we would have to go store it um so here it is it is 50 cents Please take Hunting Season. Um. Uh, so yeah, we're we're watching
0: Hunting Season. I've got it on DVD. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks really promising because uh, the tagline is "And you're the prey," and yep. it's got Eric Roberts in it. And who we've
1: maybe mentioned a little too much on this podcast. <laughs> I already. think that this
0: is the at least the third at least at yes. least the third episode of this podcast where we have talked about how much we love Eric Roberts.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, um, yeah. He's, he's a prolific actor episodes... and he's in a lot of movies that are relevant to us.
1: Two of those being episodes that were actually about him. And then he just comes up in other ones. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, so I, I
0: can read to you off the, off the back if you'd like.
1: Sure, we have the DVD, so why not? Yeah.
0: Killer be killed. After a series of unsolved kidnappings and bizarre murders, the lead investigating FBI agents on the case track the clues to a high powered Wall Street firm. There, they find a maniacal group of stockbrokers engrossed in the game of kidnapping, hunting, killing and selling human body parts on the black market. Special see, features include a photo gallery and a trailer.
1: You see this? Chills. Chills? Chills all up and down my arm. I uh, that, that description hooked me like no mm. other description mm. could. Um, uh, does it do hook
0: it... you the way that of the four pictures on this... Uh, on this backside of the DVD case, uh, three of them are of people holding guns, and the fourth is just a guy looking confused.
1: <laughs> uh, honestly, I I don't think like there there are three things that are bringing me to be excited about this movie, and those are Eric Roberts, mm-hmm. Academy Award nominee Eric Roberts. <laughs> and Academy Award nominee Eric Anthony Roberts. Those are the three things that I'm here for. I don't need to know anything else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Are are, are those three separate things, or are those all the
1: same things? I just, I want to emphasize. It is a list done for emphasis. I could have made it 10, and we could have been here for an hour. Um, (laughs) They would just all be variations of Eric Roberts, I would say Eric Roberts, star of such movies, <laughs> such as, M, <clears throat> reads off his entire 609 <laughs> IMDb credits or whatever it is now. Um, <laughs> so can we,
0: um, can we take a moment and talk about what is it, because we've mentioned Eric Roberts, now, this is the third episode dedicated to a movie that he is in. Um, yeah. What is it about him that makes him so special? Like it's not just that he's prolific. It's also that he has a very distinct charm to him, isn't
1: there? Oh, he does. He has he has this lovely um like I I don't want to say it's like Nicolas Cage where it's like a quality that uh n- doesn't improve or uh make worse the other performances around him. It just you get attracted to his performance in a way that stands out. Uh You know, like, Nicolas Cage, you can't tell, like, when Nicolas Cage is on screen, he is the only thing that you can pay attention to. Uh Um, And because of that, because, like, with Eric Roberts you're You're looking forward to his scenes more than anything, but the thing with most Eric Roberts' movies is that, especially his recent ones, he's in a very small amount of a movie <laughs> and so I feel like we haven't really had a time to get sick of him, where he's been like the lead or like major supporting actor in the mm-hmm. movie. we've only seen him when he's just the the like, name that people think you're going to want to watch the movie for? Correctly. (laughs) Um, And so I think that that that's part of the appeal as well, is, like, you spend a whole movie wanting Eric Roberts to come back, you love his scenes because he takes it to this whole other level, and then you get, like, withdrawal (laughs) <laughs> for the rest of the movie where you're just having to watch whatever other crap is going on like <laughs> so eric roberts is the second
0: build name on this dvd
1: yeah how frequently are we anticipating a karate christmas miracle <laughs> <laughs> true true
0: um I don't I know, Do thinks, this, this, this movie is from 2015. Do we think things will be different? I mean, he's, he's on the poster here, but he was also on the poster of A Karate Christmas Miracle.
1: I think he's going to be in, you know, to make a reference that everybody will totally resonate with, <laughs> he's going to be in about as much of the movie as Kelsey Grammer was in Money Plane. Um, the movie where he, he just wants to send a guy up to the sky into a money plane to go get the money from the money plane. Um, and that, by that I mean he's in a part at the beginning where he lays out a bunch of the exposition about the money plane. He's in a part at the middle checking in on the mission to get the money from the money plane. And then he's in at the end when, spoiler alert for money plane, the plan goes slightly awry <laughs> And the people don't get the money from the Money Plane to give to him. And he has to take matters into his own hands.
0: I no longer feel like I need to watch the movie Money Plane now.
1: Oh, no. I'm sorry that I've ruined that movie for you. But do you know what movie I
0: do feel like I need to watch? Hunting Season? Hunting Season.
1: Okay. So uh, I say we watch Hunting Season. I think so. All right. We'll see you after this short musical break.
0: After which point, there will be spoilers for hunting season.
1: Remain on the edge of your
0: seat in a moment. Your hosts will return with the fruits of their suffering. Every last thought that is currently buffering too. The time has arrived. Their opinions will now debut.
1: Jared. Jared. Jared, wake up. The movie's uh, over. The movie's uh, over, Jared. Uh, uh, wake up. Oh,
0: is, it, is it over? Is it over? It's I over. Fell we made
1: it. it. I
0: fell asleep. We it was so it. boring. It was so boring. <laughs> Guys, we found a flum. That that was a flum. That was. We found
1: a flum, dumpster
0: divers. Uh we th- that that's you, you're the dumpster divers, or you're the <laughs> flumder dumpster divers, isn't that what I yes. called you a couple episodes ago?
1: Yeah, uh, we, um, I okay, so we're acting quite excited about this. This was painful, uh, I, and am I acting
0: excited about this? I hated that, that was awful. <laughs> that was, I, 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 wait, wait, is there. Is there someone else coming into our Zoom call right now? What? Oh. Did you Eric Roberts? Did you invite Eric Roberts into our Zoom okay, call? Okay, we're letting him in. Okay. Um we're... well, uh, oh. special guest, Eric Roberts. How how did you oh, find hello? us, Eric Roberts?
1: Oh. Uh, oh, hello, hello, oh, hello, hello. Is that is that you? Hi, yeah. Hi. I heard you um heard you were watching Hunting Season. Yeah, I, uh, wanted to to talk about it. You, uh, you, I saw you. You, you were uh, tweeting at me. I did. I did tweet at you. I, I also Instagrammed at you. Did you see that? N- no. So Eric okay.
0: Roberts, um, <laughs> when you read the script for Hunting Season, what possessed uh-huh. you to sign up for this movie?
1: Uh, well well, mm, I, I don't want to just say money. I, uh, I, well, I, I <laughs> you know, um, uh, it's a modernization of a classic story, you know, the most dangerous game, you know, it's like, um, you know, that short, short, short story about people who are hunting other people and, uh, yeah, this was a fun take on it. I thought um, I played the the guy's father-in-law who uh, doesn't want him to go and hunt with Eric the, Roberts. The, the can people. I ask you a question? Hmm? Are you drunk just right me now? A <laughs> You're not allowed to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds, okay, like, well, okay. that sounds like so an you, answer, Eric Roberts. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, the most dangerous game. I, um, I also noticed that parallel, but like, don't you feel this movie like kind of cheated us on the actual parts that were like a most dangerous game? Like, I didn't know that in the most dangerous game, it's actually exciting.
0: That's a really good <laughs> question to ask Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, what All do right. you think of that?
1: I'll, I'll be honest, i uh, only watched my scenes <laughs> i um i is it's, it's not exciting the other parts of this movie,
0: so Eric Roberts be, when you...
1: Uh, I thought there would be hunting of of people and uh, there would be exciting chase scenes and wheres there not you what, what, you're saying there wasn't any of that Eric Roberts, when you
0: only watched your scenes from this movie. How did you feel when your face was only ever sometimes in focus?
1: Oh, um, I, I, I trust uh, that the director. I worked with a lot of directors. I work on a lot of movies, and uh, usually I don't pay too much attention of that. In fact, a lot of a lot of my life is a little out of focus. If I'm being honest. When I'm not wearing my glasses or when I've uh, had too many drinks in glasses, if you know what I mean.
0: Eric Roberts, it sounds like you need to get some help.
1: Would you like... Oh, are you, uh, are you saying you want to give me some money? Uh, I, would, I would take some money, sure. I, I'm, I'm not offering
0: money. I'm offering you the opportunity to leave this Zoom call.
1: Well, that's my time. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nice having you here. Uh, I'm gonna uh, you'll be in touch with my agent about the payment soon. Oh, he's gone.
0: Okay, um, he's gone. Well, that um, was... Eric
1: Roberts. Thank you for joining us for that.
0: Uh, I, um, I guess
1: um, was I was a little. I was expecting you to say more about that movie. Actually, if I'm being honest, I I, I
0: feel like I he was hoping said... she
1: would take up more time.
0: I I feel like he said more about that movie than i would have to say about that movie <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, no i think i think that like we we only watched that movie for eric roberts he could have given us more <laughs> well we we know what to expect from eric roberts at this point the that three eric roberts movies that we have watched now have all involved him coming on to set for a day And then not doing anything else. And, like, only being in a total of five minutes of the movie, but being either top or second build in the cast.
1: Yeah. Or, like, in A Karate Christmas Miracle, where he was clearly did not know that he was going to be in that movie. Yeah. Because that was a shot (laughs) from a different movie. But... This, this movie, though, the reason why it's a... Fl- oh, wait, Eric Roberts is trying to come back. In. oh No, we're not going to... No, don't him let him in. Him. Him. Don't let... No, no why is he here? No, gonna, no, don't, no.
0: Eric, uh, okay. I didn't let him in. I
1: didn't let him in. <sighs> I didn't let him in. We're okay. Um, but, okay, so I think that one of the big things that didn't work about this movie um, was the fact that this didn't give us anything to care about. Like, not, there was a character who I think they thought we would care about, but the dialogue in this movie was impossible to hear. <laughs> like, they were mumbling so far away from the camera that if there was exposition to give me stuff to care about, I didn't hear it.
0: <laughs> well, whoever was doing, uh, like, uh, sound on set, like, whoever was holding the boom, whoever was choosing which microphones to use, they had never done this job before. Um, no. Like, they, they had no experience. Like, the the microphone was barely ever pointing at the mouth of the character that was talking at any given time. There's one scene where, like... There was a time where, where like,
1: the boom hit the table.
0: <laughs> there was another the time... where you could
1: audibly hit the table. There was
0: another time when Eric Roberts was very audibly wearing a uh, lavalier mic the kind that like clips onto your collar and then he goes to hug the only other character that he ever interacts with and you yeah. can hear the like
1: yeah yeah <laughs> no he interacts with two characters he interacts with his son-in-law and mm. he interacts with his daughter
0: i don't i points. genuinely don't remember him interacting with his son-in-law that may have been a part of the movie where i fell asleep <laughs>
1: But the son-in-law that, was the the, the pseudo-main character, if there even was one in this.
0: But I, like, I think that like the like the fact that this was a flum gives us an excuse to talk about like the reason why we're here. Like this is the banquet at the Flum dumpster. This is yes. the kind of movie that we have been searching for. So let's start to unpack what it is about it that makes it so unwatchable and i think that we have to talk about what it means to be bored while watching a movie and it it ties into what you were just saying that like this movie didn't give us very much to latch on to like not only were the dialogue scenes that made up 90 percent of the movie instead of like the hunting scenes that were advertised on the box um the these dialogue scenes were like they, they like they were just what were they? They were the characters describing how they were doing their taxes or something?
1: Like No, so they were stockbrokers and they went into the minutiae of their business mm-hmm. in a way that I think was had two goals. One, somebody um like wanted to make it seem more realistic but didn't know really what stocks were. <laughs> and two they wanted to pad the runtime. I think a lot of this movie you can attribute to wanting to pad a runtime. Okay, but like let's let's talk about
0: how like the these these scenes with these stockbroker characters describing the minutia of trading stocks is a thing that I already don't care about. I have no reason yes. to care about it. There's no it, it doesn't even relate to like the main focus of the plot, which is around the stockbrokers. Uh going out and hunting real people who owe debt to their company um it, yeah, but like on top of me already not caring about what be what's being said in these scenes, I have to work extra hard just to hear what's being said in these scenes and so and the the combination of not being able to fully comprehend what is going on without putting a little bit of extra work into it on the part of myself and my own perception, placed on top of uh, scenes that are like dialogue that's about stuff that I don't care about and I don't want to hear about, placed on top of characters that I don't care about and would not care if I didn't see them again, Uh, And I can't like that. I can't remember any of their names or what their functions were or why there were so many of them placed again on top of an overall plot that I also don't really care about because I haven't been given a reason to care about. Um, And so the, the results, especially when the pacing is so slow, is boredom. And it yeah. makes it a much more painful experience to watch than some of the other stuff that we've watched, like a, a 2025 uh, The World Enslaved by a Virus was something mm-hmm. that we also watched recently. Um, and that was also, like, a, a bunch of scenes that were just characters talking at each other. But, like... I was far more invested in those conversations, even though they were just as boring and I cared almost as little about them. And they were delivered in the exact same monotone voice. But there was like a thing that they were trying to get across. They were trying to send a message. They were trying to convince me of something, even if it was something that I did not find myself convinced by
1: yeah, I think that the biggest thing that you touched on there was the fact that the the conversations um, in 2025 all tied towards a central theme. They all tied mm-hmm. towards the theme of Christianity being threatened. And even though the conversations themselves lacked entertainment value, they you could at least see why they were there. And you could at least acknowledge the fact that even though you were bored, this was something that had to be there in a way um this one when when you have already established that they are stockbrokers in a Mm -hmm. normal action thriller you move on Mm -hmm. you have set the stage for who they are Mm -hmm. you want to give your viewer like your intended audience is here to watch these stockbrokers hunt people well that you give that to them in the first scene in the very first scene there is that there's like a shot of a guy running and somebody chasing him and he gets shot. Mm-hmm. And so you're th- that is the clear hook to mm-hmm. keep people watching for another maybe 10 minutes mm-hmm. thinking, "Okay, we're going to get back to that soon." Yeah. And by the time that you have, you know, reached the point where you're realizing, "Okay, maybe we're not getting back <laughs> to that very soon." Maybe we're going to get a lot of stuff that leads into that at the very end then i think that at that point you can't return the movie because <laughs> you know it's it's you you've already passed that time well and, that that does
0: that does like you talk about like the demographic of this movie i don't
1: think there was a demographic of this movie
0: i, okay, think that, I like, don't think
1: there was a demographic of the end product i think that looking at the dvd that we have And looking at the description on the back, there is a clear demographic. They're looking to position this as a traditional um, action thriller with a bankable pseudo star. (laughs) You know, this is like the, you know, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme Mm -hmm. is going to do like an action thriller movie. And it's, it's looking at kind of that tier of... We're going to be able to put this into DVD, and people are going to look at it and think, okay, I know two of the people on this box. I'll, I'll, like, I'll pick it up, and it may, it may be good. And that's what they're hoping for. And I think what's really interesting to me is the relationship with what they defined as the sellable product. So their relationship with the basic concept and the stars that they had. Like Tom Sizemore and Eric Roberts were the two stars that they said, "Okay, we need to feature them to enough of an extent that that we we can put them on a box, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all we we need them for. We don't need Tom Sizemore to be sober because <laughs> he was not. He was he was on something. I don't think it was uh, alcohol. I think it was a different substance, but he." <laughs> was all over the place. I think they probably loved the fact that he went veering way off script talking about nonsense because it just gives them more screen time of him. But like, that's
0: that's what I'm talking about. Like it feels like this is a movie that's not meant to exist as a movie. It's a it's no. something that's meant to like produce close to uh 90 minutes of filmed content that can be justifiably called a movie either for tax reasons or or so that you know somebody picks up the the DVD at a dying HMV purchases it and mm-hmm. then the HMV goes out of business and they can't return it um, yeah. and, and no, like I, I, I said to you partway through this movie that it felt like I was watching something that human eyes were never meant to perceive. Yes. Because it feels like like around like the halfway mark, I feel like nobody was expected to ever keep watching beyond that point yeah. and we've we've seen movies like that before we've seen movies that feel like they're uh basically just a money laundering scheme to yes. like create the the uh the guise of having made a movie or um movies like there was one cgi one that we watched like one bad cgi ripoff movie that we watched i cannot remember the name of it um, but the animation around like the two thirds point of the way through the movie the like the animation yeah. just started glitching because it looked like whoever made it just assumed that anybody watching up to that point had turned the movie off by now, and so like the characters could just like fall through the floor sometimes, yeah and jump back or up.
1: or just be not fully rendered like yeah. just. In, in In a background that had, like there were there was depth to the background at the beginning that mm-hmm. it lost and just became like oh th- this used to be a field of grass, it is now just a green block that's grass <laughs> like that that is the thing and it's it's really like the th- the key here is like the other relationship other than with the stars I was mentioning was the fact that they had to fulfill on a basic level, the premise set out on the box of the movie, probably for legal reasons, because there are laws, I think, against just saying, okay, here's an action thriller, here's the plot, they go hunt people in the woods, and then to have no hunting. (laughs) And I think there is something to be said for, it's probably just easier for them, that if they advertise it that way, to make some of it about just people go hunting in the woods, especially since... But doesn't it usually work the other way
0: around? Like, don't they usually make the movie first and then do the poster later? Like, I
1: feel like only
0: Derek Savage starts with the
1: poster for the movie. (laughs) But in order to have a movie be made, you need to have, like, a script that somebody says... Oh, yeah, we could probably sell this, and yeah. that is that is where the log line comes in of this script is a is technically about people who <laughs> go and hunt in the woods, hunt people for sport in the woods um, but like and- I
0: feel like that would apply if the box art made it look like a kid's movie and the movie inside was porn. I feel <laughs> like it's a little bit different when it comes to something like this that like the the parts of this movie where that were about hunting were the only parts of this movie where the movie happened everything else was filler and even the hunting scenes themselves felt like filler like it felt like every single scene in the moment felt like something that could have been cut for time
1: but but you have to think about it in this way i think you have to think about the fact that there were, if you look at the, the, the DVD box, there were like three sentences. One being like, um, they're FBI agents who find out about these mysterious disappearances. So you got that scene. Check. That was one essential scene. Then you have stockbrokers are hunting in the woods. You have that. Check. Mm-hmm. You have, they're selling body parts on the black market. You had literally one <sighs> scene of that. Check. Those are the only three scenes you technically needed. It's just when you read that on the box, you expect the rest of the scenes to tie into that. But those are the only three scenes you technically need to have in order for the back of that box to be true.
0: But I feel like you're still looking at this from the perspective of the viewer who's watching it and not the perspective of the people who's making it because the paratexts the like the dvd box arts the posters the trailers those don't usually come first they're usually
1: no 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 nothing about that just the fact that so when you write a script and you submit it to a studio who's like making this type of movie and you say this is what this movie is about they ask for a three-sentence synopsis I can pretty much bet that that 3-second synopsis is pretty well the same oh. one that ends up on the box.
0: So you mean that if this like is this. you mean that if this is a movie that was made for tax purposes or made as a money laundering scheme, like we're secretly speculating yeah. here, uh that like in order to justifiably qualify for whatever tax breaks or um Uh, something or others that would need to qualify this as a movie. They need to have a plot synopsis and they wrote the plot synopsis and put more effort into that than they put into the actual movie.
1: Yeah. I think that's at some point, somebody said, here's a plot synopsis that we could theoretically put on a DVD box with these stars and get some money, you know, Hmm. like we can make some money back in theory, even if we don't, we can write it off for taxes. Um, but from that synopsis, you get a script or vice versa. You have a script and the script writer wrote that synopsis and it crossed someone's desk. Someone read the synopsis, didn't read the script, but just read the synopsis and said, okay, I'll need somebody to confirm that this movie, that this script actually says, like actually has some of what is in this. Mm. Somebody read through the script and said, yeah, there was like three scenes. And he's like, okay, cool. (laughs) go make it um i'm not going to give you any money for mics <laughs> no i mean, i, I will... guess if
0: the the threshold they have to hit is that they objectively made a movie which they have yes uh
1: yeah.
0: rather than making a movie that is also good then yes. like yeah for tax reasons they've made a movie from that perspective
1: yeah um but then as a viewer you also need to have that relationship with the text that aligns with anything you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Like there is nobody who watches this movie and says, Yeah, that's what I wanted from this. Because everything that everything about it suggests that it's going to be thrilling and not a poorly mic'd <laughs> you know expo like <laughs> exposition heavy like series of dialogues that eventually leads into about 10 to 15 minutes of hunting at the end that just abruptly ends with no closure whatsoever (laughs) on anything like it all for a movie for a movie that we felt stretched itself as much as it could to get to 84 minutes (laughs) it ended suddenly like, have a denouement. Denouements are easy.
0: They they like, ended when they reached the time limit. They didn't need to make more movie because they had already reached the but, time limit. But that's limit. the
1: thing. That's the thing. If, if somebody says, like, oh, we need to expand this, and they say, okay, you don't have an ending. Why don't you put that in? Why don't you put an ending in this movie? Because, like, we, we paused it because we were like, oh, you know, like, there's... Uh, there's like 16 minutes left in this movie. Mm-hmm. We we'll, we'll pause. Like I think Go we going to, to use the washroom. Yeah, and then we come back, and one minute later it finishes, and we're like, what? <laughs> and then and, are, then, it's and just... then there
0: were 10 minutes of credits. Yeah, there were 10 full... minutes of credits that were so slow in like size 52 font. Yeah, that just like with a,
1: like 20 <laughs> spacing, like 20 points spacing between each individual name and their credit it was like director space 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 blah writer space 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 the same person yeah space yeah um i will also so we mentioned um that we thought that nobody involved thought that anyone would watch past a certain point i don't think that's exactly true there is one actor in this movie who clearly thought I'm gonna be able to use this at the very least in my acting reel, <laughs> and that was I. I believe she didn't get a name in the movie. What people only referred to her as uh, the Asian girl with big titties.
0: No, if you
1: remember. No,
0: that did she wasn't have a her, name? That wasn't her. Did she have a credit. name? That wasn't her. I'm looking it up. You
1: keep talking. Look her, her, her up because. That was the only thing they referred to in the context of the movie. The credits may have offered a different name. I wouldn't know which one it was because that was the only name given to her in the movie. Um, But while you look it up, I'll just say, Dear, whatever your name is, well done. <laughs> you, you put effort into this movie that no other actor did. And I want to give you credit for... Actually trying, even if it was just you knew that there was a camera there and you knew you could use it for your acting reel to get other parts. I just want to say, I saw that and I appreciated it. And I know that that didn't get you any other roles. And I'm sorry that you had to go through this.
0: Um. So I have I have looked her up. Uh, yeah. The character's name was Maggie. Sure. Uh, The Maggie. actor's name is jackie dallas and she has had parts since uh in criminal minds the resident 13 reasons why uh it looks like the first season of stranger things so that might have been around the same time um okay um on
1: criminal minds was she just like a body
0: i mean that's that's she was on Two episodes of 13 Reasons
1: Why as Ms. Oakley. Oh, oh, I remember Ms. Oakley from 13 Reasons Why. Do big, you? Big, meaty part. I never watched 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> neither, neither did I. Uh, and I only needed one reason why. Because <laughs> I don't like the glorification of teen suicide. <laughs> Moving on. Um... <laughs> um, um I remember you wrote notes for this movie. What yeah, did your notes I, I, say?
0: I try to take notes uh, through every movie that we watch together because I have, mm-hmm. as you know, a horrendous memory. Yes. Um, but sometimes there are movies like this where I don't know what to say to my future self. But I will share with you the, the, three, the three things that I wrote down for this film, filling up, like, not even a quarter of my page. One note, uh, towards the beginning of the film, this camera is not even in focus.
1: <laughs> Which you mentioned to Eric Roberts. Which yeah. I
0: mentioned to Eric Ro- Roberts, yeah. Uh, the second note uh, is the thing that I mentioned earlier, that it felt like I was watching something that human eyes were never meant to perceive. Um, and the third note, the only other note that I noted down in my noty little notebook was that the name of the bar was Steak and Titties. <laughs> because yes. that, just, that just felt like a, a notable moment to me. So I noted it in my notebook.
1: It was Notfully. probably the only... It was the way that it was delivered was just like, <laughs> okay, guess we got to go to the Steak and Titties. Like, <laughs> and you're like... And then they they do like a smash cut to Steak being carried... <laughs> in front of a woman's chest and it was like okay i see what i see what you're doing movie and that is the one time that i appreciated that the movie was actually trying to do something um <laughs> yeah no i i don't know what else you could say about this movie um i beyond think that steak we've and gotten
0: a decent amount out of this movie oh,
1: uh i mean i guess okay. we could com- oh wait Eric Roberts is coming back. Oh, in. no. Do we let him in? I.
0: I no. Do we no. let him in? No. Okay. No, no he, we oh. don't let him in. He's coming don't, in. No, He's in. Don't, He's don't
1: com- let him in. Don't let I- him in. Oh. I Eric Hello again. Hi, Hi, Eric Hi. Roberts. I... <laughs> In between <them>. Oh, Eric <laughs> Roberts have
0: you been listening to our theme song from the I was just Wonderful...
1: watching, I saw you did an episode about sorority slaughterhouse I uh-huh. wanted to see what that was about and I uh, I like the theme song. Um Our the... our
0: theme song was composed by uh the one and only Tarquin Alexandra. I have heard that she's a pop <laughs> sensation, so you'd love her. You can follow her on Twitter if you want. Uh, <clears throat> at Tark Alexandra. That's T-A-R-Q Alexandra. Write that down in your phone right now. Eric Roberts, uh, while you're suggestible, uh, write it pen. down. I don't have a pen. Uh, in your uh. phone. In your phone. Open the, open the Twitter app right now. Ooh. Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, no, not over there. Eric Roberts, no, Eric Roberts, don't start drinking
1: more. Eric Roberts. Uh, Okay. Um, Well, while Eric Roberts is uh, typing uh, Tarquin's
0: Twitter handle into his phone, um, I I can also share that our own Twitter handle for the show uh, is at FlumDumpster. Uh it sounds like you really like our show Eric uh, Roberts.
1: Yeah. So i followed them. I followed the uh the flum, the, flum dumpster. The, flum, the Flum
0: the Flum dumpster dump, Eric flum, Roberts. Flum,
1: flum the dumpster, dumpster. Yeah. Flum, flum dumpster. Flum dumpster. Like flum dumpster. Flum dumpster. F L U M dumpster. But you you know that. You follow, We don't need yeah, to convince. Yeah.
0: Them. Um yeah. uh you can also follow me on Twitter Eric Roberts. I bet it would really boost my own Twitter um cred. Uh <laughs> I, bet, I, bet I mean, that's, boost,
1: that's pushing it a little. Yeah. I
0: bet it would boost my own Twitter Twitter clout. Uh, if if you <laughs> um, followed me on Twitter, you massive celebrity, you Eric Roberts, who has been in more movies than I will ever be able to watch in my entire life. Um, oh, me
1: too. I have... Uh, yeah, uh, I I, I'm everything. on Twitter, <laughs> at
0: Jared Aronoff. Uh, you can also follow at Flum Dumpster if you have... Um, Uh, you know, Instagram or Hmm. uh, TikTok or uh, you can donate to our Patreon as well. That's the thing you can do, Hmm. Mr. Eric Roberts.
1: I... uh i i was told you would be giving me the money but uh okay well we'll we'll talk about that after you're done with this uh uh, yeah we'll we'll have that we'll have that
0: conversation eric roberts yeah don't don't worry about
1: it eric roberts you can stop mentioning money we are going to pay you yeah um you have been you have been very helpful very thank you
0: yeah you can leave now again eric roberts
1: Okay, well, uh, you oh, guys, so thank you, go you for Eric having Roberts, me. Before yeah. you
0: go, Eric Roberts, while you're suggestible, I will I will recommend uh, mm-hmm. Tarquin's EP, A Tyrant's Demise. Go listen to it on Spotify or Apple. Oh, it's like the else. theme song. Yeah, she did the theme song. She did the
1: is it, it, oh! great.
0: Yeah, I like the this. theme song. Okay, I like that so much. Yeah, yeah, no, I did
1: like that. I did it. it uh-huh. her, I, it's like it's a lot of uh, it, was, it was good. It was good. I like it. Was that an accordion?
0: Uh, yeah, we had an accordion at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. I like accordions. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I played one actually in my uh, 1987 movie. Uh, well, I, there's something about accordions. I don't remember what it was called.
0: I would be surprised if you remembered any movie that
1: you were ever in, Eric Roberts. Hunting season. <laughs> Thank you, Eric Roberts. Thank you, okay. Eric Roberts. We're we are... going to kick you from the meeting. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Eric Roberts. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Banquet at the Flum Dumpster. Are there I any. I have been Eric Tisch.
0: I have um, been Jared Aronoff. Eric, what have we learned today?
1: Um, That you. <laughs> they were right when they said you should never meet your heroes.
0: If the real Eric Roberts would like to come on this show though, I'd love I'd love to meet That's him. That's true. <laughs> and not and not uh, Eric Tish's brilliant impression
1: of Eric Roberts. Okay. I
0: mean what? That would the, that we the, were the illusion, Jared.
1: <laughs> um Hope
0: you vote.
1: I hope you vote and don't get hunted on that part
0: <laughs> if the concept were to exist that I'm to explain which it doesn't in hypothetical terms every form of art has a bucket a container to categorize the format and style the greats and the rotten the podcast that you've just
1: consumed did the work for you by scraping the bottom